Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. We have Pastor Sizemore, Sister Sizemore with us tonight. Amen. And uh, I've been looking forward to get connected with them. Uh, praise God. Just a sweet presence of the Lord in this place. Thank you, Brother Mason, and leading us into worship. Hallelujah. I feel the Lord here. I know the Lord's going to do something mighty because he's here. He's here. It's not because of the preacher or because you're here. He's here. And if he's here, then that's where I want to be. Hallelujah. The book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 7 says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. Then verse 13, my focus tonight. We have the same spirit of faith according as it is written I believe and therefore have I spoken we also believe and therefore speak hallelujah let's just stop there thank the Lord would you put your Bibles down and begin to glorify and praise God hallelujah we love you Lord Lord, I praise you today. Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you would increase. Lord, I must decrease, but oh God, you be exalted in this place. You be lifted up, oh God, high above the heavens. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise God. Thank the Lord. Before you're seated, turn to your neighbor and tell him, I have the attitude of faith. I have the attitude, the attitude of faith. Praise God. If you look at the scripture, and if I may continue reading, verse 14 says, Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us all also by Jesus, and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not. Now he just said a while ago that he was having some problems and some issues, but he's not fainting. Though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, 
which is but for a moment worth for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal. Your trouble is temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Your trouble tonight may be temporary, but your victory is eternal. I really appreciate the selection of the songs tonight because it, it just made me know I was on the right track. All things are possible. Amen with God. And then we wind up with it, you know, getting me through the mountain. You know, life can be full of trouble. Make no mistake, bad things happen to people. Good people, bad people, you know, mediocre people. Troubles will come our way. It's not a matter if problems will come, but when will problems come? David, that great songwriter said many are the afflictions of the righteous Job said man is born for trouble the psalmist re reiterated trouble is near everywhere you look the apostle Paul began to share some present persistent realities that we're troubled on every side we're dis but not distressed we're perplexed but not in despair we're troubled on every side suffering, hardship persecution pressed in is what this word really means trouble is like you're in a pressure cooker it's pressing in on you it is on your mind have you ever seen a world that has so much uh, free time but yet so much stress we have so many amenities to help us live a better life but we're stressed out suffering pressure circumstance the pressure of people. But Paul said, but I'm not distressed. I have some trouble, but I'm not distressed. I am pressed, but I'm not crushed. I'm put into the pressure cooker, but I'm coming out for when he hath tried me, I'm gonna come out as pure gold. We are persecuted, we, we are harassed, we're abused, we're mistreated. Has anybody ever been mistreated in your life? But we're not forsaken, we're not left helpless, we're not left hopeless, we're not totally abandoned, we're not forgotten because God has a plan. We're cast down, we're knocked down and hurt badly, but not destroyed. We're not abolished. We're not snuffed out. We're not put to, to ruin. We may be knocked down, but we're not knocked out. Tell somebody I'm not knocked out. Problems will come. Troubles will appear. But no problem has the power to win over you. Can I tell you right now that I do not believe that Satan has the power over anybody until they surrender it to him. He has no authority over you but what you give him. And by the time this service is over, I pray that you walk out of this building, first of all, touched by God, but with the knowledge, I have an attitude. I have an attitude of faith that's gonna keep me through my trouble. I'm gonna go on through my problem. It doesn't matter what comes my way. I have an attitude of faith. 
I've come to tell you that cancer cannot win. Depression cannot win. Diabetes cannot win. Divorce cannot win. Crisis cannot win. Hell cannot win against you. How then can we overcome? I believe the key is when Paul said, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Why do we have trouble? We have treasure in earthen vessels. We're supposed to be spirit-filled, man, walking on the cloud. Nobody ever bothering us. I'm going to be everything's fine. But it says that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We possess the most perfect treasure upon planet earth. It's called the Spirit of God. There can be no better treasure. Amen. But the imperfect holds the perfect. We are vulnerable, but the treasure is not. We are limited, but the treasure is not. We are susceptible to maladies and disease and suffering in this world and tribulation and affliction, but the treasure is not. So how are we going to deal with this? Somebody said, well, I'm just going to have faith. Okay. What does that mean? Oh, I just believe. Okay. The devils believe. Even the devil's smart enough. No, no, he's not. He can't be an atheist. Yeah, faith. Yes, trust God. I'm just holding on. I'm just trusting God. One dear sister that I pastor said, well, the rope's about to break, and I'm just going to reach past the break and hold on. No, that, that's, that's great. I appreciate it. That's awesome. But how can we really get a hold of this attitude of faith? Look what Paul says in verse 13. And having the same spirit of faith, the same attitude of faith, according as it is written, look at this, I have believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. The spirit of faith, the attitude of faith, amen, is something that will help you get through your trouble. Many people today say they believe. Many people express in some form or fashion their belief, but they haven't got the attitude. They, 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 they look the part or they come to church, and, and you, but you don't dare ask them how they're feeling. You don't dare walk up to them and say, so how you doing today? They're going to pull out the doctor's report. They're going to pull out their financial bank book. They're going to tell you and they're going to grumble and gripe all the time saying, well, I believe God's going to help me. But they pour mouth themselves. They pour mouth their situation. They talk down about where they are. They talk down about what God may do or not do. But you have to have an attitude adjustment. An attitude is defined as an inward feeling expressed by an outward behavior. An attitude is an inward feeling expressed by an outward behavior. An attitude. Those who have the attitude of faith will first believe it, but they will also speak it. Paul said, I believe, therefore have I spoken. That is the attitude of faith. 
Paul spoke, the apostle Paul spoke and acted upon his faith. In Iconium we find in Acts chapter 14 that the Lord planted Paul in his people there and they begin to speak boldly in the Lord. And the Bible says that God granted them signs and wonders. There is something amazing that is connected to your faith and that is your mouth. For when you begin to speak with your mouth, and you begin to declare what God puts inside of you. That is the beginning of the attitude of faith. That means I stop talking what the, what the devil's talking. I stop talking doubt and fear. I stop talking negativity and I can't do it and we'll never make it and we'll never have revival and we'll never see this. I begin to speak what I believe. Hallelujah. They brought a cripple to Paul and Paul said with a loud voice, stand up on your feet. What was he doing? He had an attitude of faith. Just stand up. He believed it, so he spoke it. He believed it, so he spoke it. Paul spoke to the demon that had possession of a damsel, the spirit of divination. And Paul said... I command thee in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. Now, you got to understand that this, this damsel, this girl that was possessed by a devil was going around and saying truth. She was declaring truth. Oh, these are mighty men of God. Here's Paul and Silas. These are mighty men of God. You know what some of us would do in our ministries? we put them on staff. But Paul had something inside of him that discerned that this was a spirit. And if it had been some of us, the way that our attitudes are, we would say, oh God, help. I'm dealing with the devil. Oh God, if I could just barely make it, let me get to church, Lord. No, he stopped and spoke to the spirit. His faith spoke what he believed. He spoke what he believed. He said what was in his heart. Look at something in Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. And verse 22. Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. Sounds so simple, does it? But faith, without it, it's impossible, according to Hebrews, to please God. The best thing you can have in starting out, in standing with, and staying with God, is faith. Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall... He didn't say whosoever shall believe, but he said whosoever shall say unto this mountain... Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you what things soever you desire when you pray believe and ye receive them and ye shall have them. 
Amen. The word, the, 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 the concept here of mountain speaks of impossibilities. Amen. A mountain is something that doesn't have an ear. But Lord said, I want you to speak to it. A mountain is something that looks like that there's no way that you can ever get an answer. Last year, the Lord took me to the woodshed and began to beat me up about praying for things that I could do myself. I was praying, oh God, help me do this and help me do that. And he's, he just spoke in my spirit and he said, you're asking for the possible. You're asking for what you can do. You can do this on your own. But what you ought to start asking for is the impossible. What you ought to begin to believe is for the impossible. You've and I today in, in Pentecost, we have gotten into such a place that we feel like we don't have the right to believe. We don't have the right to speak it. But if you believe it, in your heart, then let it get an attitude where you begin to say, say unto that mountain, speak to that mountain, tell the mountain where to go. This verse teaches us that believing and speaking, believing and speaking opens the door to the miraculous. But I want to point something out. If you look at this verse of scripture, Jesus spoke three times about what you say and only one time about what you believe. Only once in this context did he say believe, but three times he reiterated speak. So that leads me to believe. The problem isn't just the believing. The issue is the speaking. And the Lord wants us to know you've got to work three times harder at an attitude of speaking and declaring because you're going to wake up and feel bad. You're going to wake up and have problems. You're going to wake up in trouble everywhere. But trouble, you don't rule me. What rules me is my faith. What rules me is what the Lord said. And what the Lord said takes precedent over how I feel, over my situation, what the Lord said. We got to get our believer connected to our speaker. I said, we got to get our believer connected to our mouth. Hallelujah. I've been in this thing for a little while. I may have Chris Leach's hairdo, but I didn't get it by choice. But I have never in my, my world seen so many apostolic people today that poor mouth their world, poor mouth everything that's going on. Oh, they may say they have faith, but they don't prove it because they don't have the attitude of faith. Their speaker is not connected to their believer. Their speaker is connected to their unbelief. Their speaker is... Why do we allow the devil to intimidate us into silence? Why allow the enemy to come in and tell you, you can't say that. Oh, you might get in trouble. I believe, though, if you've got faith, it ought to come out of your mouth. I looked up the word saith. I looked up the word saith. I really found it very interesting. Having a son, I got many of these laid in my lap at Christmas time at birthdays. Anybody here have your kids or had, had a thing called Legos? Anybody remember Legos? Anybody got Legos? They can inflict pain upon your feet quicker than anything else. But actually this word saith is the word Lego. Lego. 
which means a continuation of building your speech. A continuation, just like one piece of Lego. When, when, when I, I invariably, Christmas comes around, because David was really into, you know, Star Wars Legos there for a while. Thank God he's grown out of that. I don't know what he's growing into, but my Lord, help us, Jesus. He's 13 years old. Going on 25. But he loved Legos. And we go to the store, go to Walmart, and there's this box that's got this, 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 this spaceship thing. And he says, I want that for Christmas. And, and the loving parents we are, we get it for him. And when you open up the box, it's not a spaceship. It's nothing but a bunch of pieces. And a little bit of instructions, and they're all picture. What are they saying? Us dads are dumb? I don't know. It's only pictures. And so you got to put this piece on that piece and put that piece on this piece and that piece on that piece, and you are building a Lego. So when your faith comes into play is that you build your faith by saying the word here and saying a word here and saying a word there and build it by another word of faith over here. And what you're doing is that you're building upon the word of faith that you can speak with an attitude. There is a belief that permeates some people's minds in Pentecost that, that says if I speak it and I'm wrong then I'm a liar I'm afraid to say it because if I'm wrong well is he a healer or not a healer oh come on somebody is he the savior or not a savior can he deliver or not deliver is he the creator of the heaven and earth is he the God that spans the milky way then who am I to put a limit on him if he says it then it's his situation it's his problem to do it I can't do it but oh there's a God that will respond to your faith as you begin to engage what you believe begin to speak it out get an attitude couple more scriptures or three or four or five or six Romans chapter 10 Romans chapter 10 praise God when, now when I evangelized Bishop the reason I, my wife and I were invited back to evangelize all these places and six years of evangelizing is that we would sing two songs and I'd preach and that was 20 minutes Oh, oh, yeah, it really was. I, I, but I've been preaching a little bit longer than that now. <laughs> Romans chapter 10 and verse number 6 says, But the righteousness which is of faith, what does it do? Speaks. The righteousness which of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thy heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend from the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. That is an interesting passage. It's kind of like, what you saying here, Paul? I believe what he's saying is that Jesus, already has done, Jesus has already done the work. He doesn't have to come down again. He doesn't have to rise again. He already has risen one time. He died for us. His stripes upon his back only happened one time, and that's all that is needed. You don't need another move of heaven and earth. Heaven and earth has already moved for you. 
You don't need another uh, great big revelation to come down and slap you upside the head and give you a lightning bolt and woo, well, I believe. No, he's already went to Calvary. He's already died for you. He's already been buried for you. You can be saved. You can be saved. You can be healed. You can be delivered. All right? So he's already done the work. So don't, don't worry about that. But verse 8 says, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy Confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead. He's done it. Thou shalt be saved. All right? For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. But there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Look at this. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I realize that there are those today that preach this as, as, as initial salvation, that this is, your, this is your redemption. But can I tell you, that doesn't fit because Paul is writing to people who are already saved who have already been baptized, who have already received the Holy Ghost. They are a part of the church. They're already there. But what he's talking about is something that we overlook because we're afraid to deal with it sometime. And that word salvation speaks about your deliverance. It speaks about your healing. It speaks about your redeeming from a problem, financial blessings. It speaks about your mind being saved from depression, your body being saved from discouragement, I'm telling you today it's time to confess to confess I confess he's a healer I confess he's a blesser I confess he's my savior I confess hallelujah God's about to do something right here right now just this Somebody's getting, getting ready to get what they need. Now, I'm going to date myself. I'm going to date myself, but does anybody here ever remember when they came out with or, or, or had this in your home called a hi-fi? Hi-fi. Hi-fi. We got Wi-Fi now, all you young folks. But there was a time when Hi-Fi came out, and it stood for high fidelity. It was a new kind of electronic reproduction bringing a sound quality to a speaker, to a unit, to a player like they never had before. All right? It was Hi-Fi. The words are high fidelity. The word fidelity means the quality or state of one's faithfulness to carry out their faith. It means, look it up, accuracy in details and exactness. 
High fidelity or hi-fi, as I looked it up on the internet just a little while ago, is a term used by home stereo listeners and home audio enthusiasts to refer to high-quality reproduction of sound and distinguish it from the poor-quality sound reproduced by inexpensive audio equipment. Or the inferior quality of sound reproduction characteristics. Ideally, high-fidelity equipment has minimal amounts of noise and distortion and accurate frequency response. Now, I can listen to stuff on my iPhone, but it's not good quality. It's pretty cool that you can hear stuff on your phone. You can play. But you know what? I've got in my office that my, my family bought for me, for my office, a Bose stereo system. Woo! Just plug it into my iPhone, and all of a sudden the sound becomes hi-fi. All of a sudden the sound and all the lows are heard, and the highs are heard, and the mid-range are heard. What I could not hear on my iPhone, I'm hearing through the speakers because of high fidelity. But can I tell you, it's the same stuff. The same MP3 file, the same WAV file, the same whatever file you want to call it. But I'm not getting the same clarity because it doesn't have high fidelity. So when you have faith, you got to have high fidelity. That means what God speaks to you, you make sure there's no distortion. You make sure there's no noise. You make sure there's nothing but the highs are being said and the lows are being carried. Whatever he says, you say it. Don't filter it with doubt. Don't filter it with unbelief. So, so the attitude of faith speaks. The attitude says. Says it. Says it. But it doesn't only say it, because if you remember what an attitude is, it's an inward feeling expressed by an outward behavior. All right? Look at this. Mark 5, 25. A certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered. How's that working for you, dear? People go on the same course, do the same thing, and wonder why they're, they're messed up. Uh-huh. Verse 27. When she had heard, everybody say heard. Heard of Jesus. Came in the press behind and touched his garment. I would love to preach a message to you about the garment and what that meant, but, 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 but maybe for another time. For she said, if I may touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Look at some things, some steps here that she went through. Number one, she heard Jesus was coming. How many know how faith cometh? By hearing and by the hearing of the word of the Lord. Jesus is the word. Jesus is coming. The word is coming. Then the next thing did, that she did is that she said. Everybody said she said. The word said here is the same word lego. Which means she continued to speak. We don't know how long she said it. We don't know how long she put on that. How long she talked to it. And how long her faith was speaking it out. 
But the next thing she did is that she pressed her way. She got her body involved with her mouth. Did she not? She got her body involved. Can you imagine this woman is weak because of the issue, the hemorrhaging of blood that she had faced for 12 years and she was nothing but pale and pasty and weak and frail, but yet faith rose up within her when she heard Jesus was coming and she began to say, if I can touch him, I'm going to be made whole. And then she began to press. You've got to not only speak it with your mouth, but you've got to engage your body. Your body language, your body language ought to be a language of faith. It ought to be a language of praise God. Uh, I watch as some people say, I believe God, but they never raise their hands in the service. I'll just preach like I'm home. Is that okay? Amen. I believe God, but I don't believe in all this this emotionalism. I think I'll just stand here and fold my arms. You know what? The devil cannot read your mind. Aren't you thankful for that? Come on, that's book. Only God can read your mind, but the devil can read your body language. The devil can read your body language. I don't want him to have a clue what I'm thinking other than faith, other than worship, other than praise. I don't want him to know one thing other than my God's able. I believe God. And if it means for me to dance, buddy, I'm dancing. Oh, I'm making sure my body language is engaged with my faith. Praise God. When you come up to be prayed for, you come expecting. Come expecting. Don't come mourning. Amen. If you're mourning, amen, you'll have from somewhere to do that. But if you're coming for prayer and you're coming for a miracle, then you have to come forward in faith believing and take action. You've got to take action. You've got to have action. Right. There's a lot of people today that want the favor of the Lord, the blessings of the Lord, the miracles of the Lord, but they want to be silent about it and they don't want to engage their body because they don't want anybody to know. Don't want anybody to know. Several years ago, we pastored in, in Louisville, Kentucky, and we had a sister had some problems with her knee. It was so bad she had to have a knee replacement surgery. And they put the wrong knee in, the wrong size. Infection set in. She missed service after service. And time after time, she just missed it. And we were having evangelists come in. And I wanted her to get to church so bad. So I picked up the phone. And I'd been staying in contact with her, trying to encourage her. She was concerned she'd backslide. Number one, don't even think that. You won't have a problem with it. So I called her up on a Wednesday. And I said, Sister Beverly, you need to come to church tonight. Pastor, I just don't think I can. I really think you ought to come to church tonight. And something rose up within me. And before, I said, if you'll come to church, I believe God will heal you. It's already gone. How do you call that back? <laughs> Doubt says, you idiot. What are you doing? So here comes Sister Beverly to church. She said on the second row, 
took her leg and propped it up on this pew. Her knee was about the size of a basketball, wrapped in all kinds of gauze. And the gauze, you can see the, the this is kind of gross. I'm not trying to be gross. I'm just telling you like it was. Oozing out was the infection. And I went with her and evangelist, and we laid hands on her, and we prayed, and we prayed, and nothing happened. I went back the second time in the middle of service. Prayed at the beginning, prayed at the middle, and then nothing happened in the second prayer. So I went back the third time right before I was getting ready to turn the preacher loose. And I said, God, I really feel like this is yours. I can't heal this woman. It's up to you. Laid hands on her and prayed. And it was about this far from the pew to the, to the pulpit. And I was walking back with my head hanging down. My body language wasn't very good. It was not good at all. And that church had hardwood floors. And all of a sudden, I heard this noise. If you can, if you can understand that noise. You can hear the noise. I heard a noise. And, and Sister Beverly, when she would worship, she would shout like a, an Indian. And she also heard this. Now, you can say that's crazy. You can say that's foolish. But I turned around and saw the bandages as they started to untwine, as the knee began to shrink. Amen. And she began to shout and praise God. And the infection was gone. There was no oozing. Oh, somewhere we got to be willing to speak it in faith. We've got to speak it in faith. We've got to speak it in faith. I called her back the next day. Just checking up. Hey, Sister Beverly, how are you doing? Miracle. In my mind, it's miracle lady. Miracle lady. Awesome. And she said, man, my legs are killing me. There goes the body language again. Like, oh. She said, yeah, they're killing me. I've been chasing my grandkids all day, and I'm wore out. <laughs> Hallelujah. I know what I'm talking about. If you're willing to let faith get in your mouth and get in your body language, there is no telling what God will do for you. Hey, hey, amen. There is no telling what God will do for you. There is no telling what God will do for you. Would you stand with me, please? Are you in trouble? Get a faith attitude. Are you perplexed? Get a faith attitude. Don't understand what's going on. You know, you know, the woman with the issue of blood didn't have a Bible study and a 10-point lesson about how to get something? She just simply said, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, if I can but touch, I want to tell you, all the teaching can do will help you, but there's nothing like the touch of Jesus Christ to change your world, to change your mind, to set you free. Are you bound tonight? It's time to get an attitude of faith. Are you discouraged? It's time to get an attitude of faith. Do you need healing in your body? It's time to say, I believe God. I believe God. I believe God. I'm not going to allow the intimidator to come in my world and let me fear and doubt grip me. I'm believing. I can tell this is, this is, this is a high-wired, high-fi church. 
Y'all are hooked on octane. Holy Ghost octane. But I'm not so young or old. But let me go back to your memory. I know what it is to see people roll in the aisle. And they were called holy rollers. Run around the church in a crazy fashion. The dancers. When I got the Holy Ghost, I was baptized with the Holy Ghost. I danced for an hour and a half. An hour and a half. Seven years old. I still dance. Can't dance near as long. But I still dance. But I, I'm concerned, Elder, that in our effort to try to be cool, in our effort to try to be socially acceptable, we decided that somewhere we're going to eliminate some of that body language. We're going to eliminate a little bit of that crazy, wacky, shouting stuff. We're, we're, we're a little bit more sophisticated now. People think a little bit better of us. But if you really need something, if you're really in need of something, you're not going to wait and can be considered how you look, how you think. When there was that man that had, had the disease, the palsy, the paralytic, and his friends let him down, they tore off the roof because they wanted to get to Jesus somehow. You see, your body language matters. was preaching years ago in a revival in a church here in the, or in the state of Indiana. And every night, we, that was back in the day where you go all week long. I mean, they, they were called killers. Either they kill the flesh or you're killed. That's it. Go all week long. And for two solid weeks, we were there at this church, and there was a lady about, about probably back where the girl is with the green uh, blouse on. There's a lady about that, about that far back in the church. And every service, it didn't matter if it was fast or slow or, you know, whatever. The, she got out in the aisle and did a little dance. It so intrigued me. After about a week, I looked to the pastor and said, what's this lady's story? And he said, she goes home every night to a drunk who beats her for coming to church. What she was doing is a devil. I want you to know by my body language, I'm more than a conqueror. I want you to know by my shout, I'm more than a conqueror. I want you to know that I am free because I'm liberated in the Holy Ghost, whether I feel it or not, whether my circumstances like it or not. But I want you to know I'm victorious. I'm an overcomer. I'm a child of God. And I'm going to say it with my mouth. And I'm going to say it with my body. Because I got an attitude. I got an attitude. Has anybody got an attitude of faith? You're battling something. Come on. Come on. Let your body language go with your mouth right now. Come to the altar. Believe God. Whatever you have. Come on. Come on. You need a miracle in your life? Come on. You need a touch in your life? Come on. Hallelujah. Battling disease battling all kinds of habits bound by all kinds of worldly things I want to be free 
So here's what I'm going to do is I'm copping an attitude. I got an attitude about it. It's not an attitude to be arrogant, but it's an attitude of faith. My God is more than enough. My God is the healer. There's nothing impossible with him. So by faith, I claim my victory. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.